Welcome to Futures Forum, mind-sharing ideas, innovations, and best practices. This episode is called Let's Get Digital. For this conversation, we gathered industry experts from Intel, Hub, Amazon, Opus Agency, SEMA, Linchpin Consulting, Convoke, George P. Johnson, and the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Download our presentation of digital thought starters at thefuturesforum.com. This week, we're going to get digital and talk about digital marketing and the opportunities for how we could integrate that into uh, our experiences, especially with a view towards hybrid. So we really are going to approach today's session as a fishbowl format. Um, a fishbowl uh, is an approach to a roundtable conversation that allows for smaller, central, engaged discussion groups, uh, where the rest of us that are outside of the group are in more of a listening role. And then when it comes to our group, we participate more actively within the conversation. And the way we're going to facilitate this uh, virtually on our Zoom call today is to ask everybody who is not in the first discussion group to turn off their video camera. So it'll just kind of leave the folks that are in that first discussion group up. And that's Ali Magyar with Hub, Neil Thompson with AWS, Julie Lynch, who I think we may end up uh, pulling into uh, a next discussion group, and Gary Gonzalez with Convoke. Uh, so what you'll find as we kind of move through the three different groups is that you'll have uh, somebody from Storycraft Lab helping to just intro the conversation uh, and then kind of stepping away and letting that conversation happen. Uh, we're just going to kick everything off by sharing some thought starters, essentially, that uh, delve into the realm of digital. So. Digital experiences are blended experiences. Uh, there are digital applications that relate to both the physical world uh, and space of the customer journey, but then also interlaid with interactive, immersive and real-time digital engagements uh, that provide, I think, a really kind of rich opportunity for us to view the hybrid event possibilities through. Um, so the first group today, we're talking about digital tech. Um, so my role, I'm your Storycraft Lab host, <laughs> Naomi Claire. I'm going to show you some thought starters here. So I'm just going to go ahead um, and share my screen. I feel like we're making up the world in this conversation. So I know. <laughs> it's a lot. Woohoo! It's going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So what we're really doing is just showing you some examples of what um, digital ideas could be. And then it'll be over to you guys to, yes, Ali, make up the world, right? Um, and think about what these all could mean for uh, different applications in our events. Um, and I'm actually featuring a number of different uh, agencies as we're working through these and artists. Um, the first thing I wanted to show you all today, I thought this was really interesting. When we spoke last, Julie Lynch had been talking about the, uh, the potential for second screen. Uh, and this is a really interesting solution um, being shared by uh, a really talented team called Left Field Labs. I've uh, curated a certain portion <laughs> of their capabilities just to share with us all. And what they're demonstrating here is the ability to allow a user the opportunity to control the staging <laughs> of 
the theater experience that they're seeing, whether that is, and you can see that there's a, a green screen um, placement of different speakers here. They can impact the environment. They can even impact kind of which uh, speaker or camera view they want to see. So I think that's like super interesting um, the, as they get into the possibility for product. <laughs> and this is kind of augmented and um, uh, but also uh, within the second screen device, the ability to kind of rotate what's being shown in this virtual stage setting, super exciting. Um, and then the ability, if we have kind of this virtual scenic, to integrate kind of audience feedback within the presentation. So I think you can see here some really fun examples of uh, the possibilities for uh, digital in terms of enlivening what a main stage presentation could be. And it helps us when we embrace that second screen to break out even from um, motion content as a backdrop, right? And bring it into a virtual space. The second, uh, the second element that I wanted to show you today is this, uh, a group called Blue Cadet is doing just some wonderful work. They've traditionally worked in the, uh, the museum space, uh, but they're, the way that they use AI to drive UI, I think, um, is super interesting. Our role as a credit agency is uh, to identify interesting research and in a field of machine we try it to make something that's meaningful. Whether it's telling a story or getting to the bottom of a large data set, I think that we're prepared to use machine learning in a wide variety of circumstances. AI and machine learning are a different way of thinking about computers. It's like can a computer behave like a human brain? And we think about a computer more like we think about a kid. And that's sort of like we're looking at the world around it, sort of processing information and learning and adapting and changing. Machine learning is a great opportunity for us to teach the machine to find patterns. Patterns can include something that we as humans are familiar with, like recognizing an object or even generate something interesting, such as generating an image which looks like a painting. Basically, we're teaching the machine some fundamental parts of our human intelligence. The big question is about how to balance AI within the experience. Like how a machine sees the collection or style, like a human expert. And then eventually where we landed was somewhere totally different, which was letting the AI support the curatorial lens. Essentially, we're trying to take the narratives that the curators are telling and elevate them and augment them through these AI-driven connections to this really intricate historical thread. And here's how it connects in random and quirky and interesting ways. It creates this nice tension of something that's really carefully crafted and something that, you know, is kind of a computer's take on what a collection is. It gives you this potential to, you know, create really specific meaning and then unlock this ability to say, like, okay, cool, let's take that and let's magnify it tenfold or hundredfold and kind of have this infinite way to, you know, connect a huge amount of data that makes AI just kind of limitless, you know, potential. 
So I think, you know, what's super interesting about these interpretations of data that Blue Cadet's talking about is the possibility to have them drive dynamic display, displays, kind of find real-time patterns in behavior and uncover that, those insights. And it almost, uh, the way that they're talking about using AI um, lends itself to become this navigational device that responds to how um, users are navigating the interface. So it's almost like this AI and UI connection that I think is super interesting. Uh, and that kind of comes through in uh, the third example that I wanted to show you today, and that is Ada, <laughs> uh, which is uh, an installation in Microsoft Building 99 in Redmond, Washington, which uh, reads data from, uh, from the internet and translates it into uh, color. Uh, responding to how people are feeling. So it's kind of emotional words that are trending and being used uh, on the internet drives the presentation of this uh, immersive sculpture. Uh, you can see here an example of how this was pulled into uh, a virtual event interface and became uh, kind of moved, its location was shifted and moved into the center of the space uh, just to kind of build that uh, site-specific sculpture into the virtual environment. Um, so I'm gonna, I, I will stop there. Three high-level uh, examples of, oh, and Julie, Julie has joined us. Julie, I don't know how much you were able to hear of that, but <laughs> you're in um, the first discussion group, so you're welcome to join, join in. <laughs> yeah, I joined from when you started with the um, second screen piece. So. Oh, good. Great okay, stuff. perfect. Because that had been uh, curated in response to one of your comments from last yeah. week. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Super. Um, so with that, I'm really just turning over to the group. There's lot, lots of ideas here. You know, as you're thinking about different ways of integrating some of these technologies into events and experiences, especially uh, from a hybrid perspective, are there any that strike you as being a place you'd want to go investigate right away? I think for me, the audience interaction piece is what's going to be so key and being able to see emotion and to have people react in real time when they're seeing things would be something I'd love to be able to understand to create that connection and that back and forth would be for me really interesting because I think it also gives our presenters this opportunity to react and maybe to present something differently if they're getting strong reactions, positive or negative, that they may be able to extend a thought because um, that is the feedback we get from some of our keynoters going like, I really hope this joke is landing because I really don't know because nobody's there. But if we could get that, wouldn't that be amazing? I think some of it too though, Julie, is it could be really intimidating to be speaking and see that on the screen where right? the entire public yeah, it. because it's like you're yeah. bombing, you see you're bombing, everyone knows you're bombing. <laughs> and so then you just like freeze up. So right. I think it's an interesting spin to think about how do we enable a virtual environment that provides the recipe for success for that unique user? So right. as a speaker, maybe seeing that information coming through, but not publicly so that I could react. Right. Or maybe it's even post-event because I, I would be challenged to 
think of a speaker that can adjust real time based on feedback. Like they have a hard time even just answering questions during their presentation versus just start to finish in their presentation. And so I think a lot of this is gonna be an education and experience over the next couple of years so that it's not so overwhelming that people also just instantly freeze. <laughs> well, and I right. think it reminds me of when we first started doing the social feeds at our events. You know, we were all a little nervous about what people would say in those feeds when we put up the big social walls. Yep. What if they really started, you know, taking us down a road that we want, didn't want to go? And to your point, absolutely. What is that learning curve and what do we suppress and what do we want to show everybody? Absolutely. It kind of reminds me in the, you know, the go to webinar. I don't know if you've used that product. I'm sure that, that you know, there's similar to this where you kind of see that attendance meter, whether people are attention meter, I guess, whether people are paying attention or not, you know, do they have focus on the screen on the app, you know, et cetera. Um, I've got a presentation coming up this week to about 600 people um, in a webinar. And so, you know, I'll be looking at that during my portion of that presentation and trying to make sure that, you know, I'm being as energetic as I can. And, you know, it's, so I do think it's important to get the feedback. It's just, I agree with you, the speakers right now are, we're struggling to really get them just to step up and out of their kind of like, you know, just da 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 like, you know, kind of in you know, normal way and, and, you know, make sure that they're being attentive. <clears throat> but I do find it interesting. The other thing I want to say too is that on the machine learning, we're actually looking at utilizing some machine learning for our large event in January. We're going to have about 30,000 people online at one time. And um, one of the things that we're really struggling with is the ability to network right and how can we get people to make connections outside of their own group that they work with right <clears throat> especially in an organization the size of ours it's really important that we enable people to find other people um, that they have some affinity towards. It could be a uh, vertical, it could be um, how long they've been at Amazon. You know, there's lots of different ways we're looking at, at kind of figuring that out. Um, so we're looking at doing the machine learning and then putting people very purposefully in small settings like this, like what we're doing today, and really trying to get them to focus. So the analogy that I'm using is if you go to the general session, right, and there's going to be 25,000 people in this general session, when you, you sit next to the people you know, you leave with the people you know, you kind of are in your little crew and your clicks, right? Um, but with virtual, what it gives us the opportunity to do is say, okay, general session's over. Everybody's, we're going to take a half hour to kind of talk within, um, you know, with your, with a group about the session. We want to be really purposeful in how we bring those 25 people together and not necessarily just, well, they're organized that way as a department, right? We don't want to do that. So we're really trying hard. And I think there's actually some really exciting opportunities to, reach across a very large organization and find those connections if we can do it right. And if we can use the machine learning to do the pairing in ways that are beneficial to the business. And I agree. It's sort of like our day-to-day -day world, right? So looking at some of that stuff. Oh, and I'm sorry, Gary, did I interrupt you? Go for it. No, you're already on a roll. I'll follow up with you. <laughs> 
Um, we think about our day-to-day -day world and what we experience. I go on Amazon to buy something and all of a sudden I have a cart full of shit I didn't even know that I needed because it's making recommendations to me. And so there's this element of I go on Netflix and now all of a sudden it knows me and it's telling me what to watch and I'm caught up and immersed in an experience. And so I feel like as our, our lives change, the expectation of events is the exact same as what we live in our life. And so how do we help to curate that experience and make it as easy as possible for people to get value because they're having that in every other industry and element of their life. And it's an expectation from them too. Right. It's the, one of the really interesting things that we see with digital tech and just kind of any change in technology, again, is this cultural application of how we use it and kind of the expectations that come around that, which is really interesting. And we can look at both sides of two of the things we've already talked about, right? We can look at speaker engagement and we can also look at networking at events and digital technology enables all of this to happen, but it happens. It's a really big change in how we engage with technology. And this is where things get really interesting and how we adopt to it. So for anyone who hasn't um, been part of one of the conversations that I'm on, the reason I usually am a part of these is because my agency, Convoke, does a lot of work in the gaming and esports space, which already does a lot of hybrid, already does a lot of digital first. And so we bring that perspective. And when we look at speaker feedback mechanisms, for instance, in the gaming space, the engagement with the chat function on the edge of it is so common. Everyone talks in chat, the speaker or the gamer, whoever's engaging has a dialogue with that chat function. Mm -hmm. But when you look at other industries, that doesn't happen much because it's not culturally normal for that conversation to take place. So I'll notice a huge difference if I'm engaging with a gaming audience and we're on Twitch, there's an ongoing dialogue with that chat box. But I've done other speaking events, um, other speaking engagements that are take place for the events industry, for instance. And it feels very strange for a lot of people to go into that chat box. So not only do we have to bring the technology forward, but we also have to create that cultural change for everyone of how we're engaging each other with that technology. And that part is so fascinating to me because it is a big change for a lot of us whether it's speaker engagement or how we're going to network at an event, kind of retraining ourselves, how we engage online for events is fascinating to think about. Yeah, I'll, I'll plus one on that too, because the, the last event, I did a virtual event for about um, 900, we had about 900 people and we did a follow the sun model. And we had moderators that were, it was simulive, so the content was recorded, but then we had moderators in while the content was being broadcast. And we found regional differences um, uh, that the um, Americas was a much quieter group. Um, the EMEA and, uh, was, was probably the most vocal in chat and the moderators had the most success with moderating on those sessions. So it was kind of interesting. In fact, we even kind of every morning when we started, we would send out a, a kind of a, a pump up the moderator, um, email kind of say, okay, moderators get, get your, get your people talking, you know, start, start engaging, you know, just don't let this be sessions that just got, you know, played online, right? We want to really engage the audience. So we did find it interesting that, um, and, and some of the moderators did really well. And some of the moderators were just like waiting for something to happen. Right. Yeah. So there was a big difference. It's interesting. The, the common thread throughout seems to be this idea of um, fostering dialogue, <laughs> that interaction real time, whether that is through a, a, a digital interface or just, you know, using this moment to have a have a conversation in chat, you know, uh, or representing it um, uh, with the use of AI. 
This was a brilliant conversation. Thank you so much to everybody for joining today. Uh, the opportunities clearly are huge for digital and bringing them into uh, our experiences. Uh, really appreciate everybody uh, sharing their thoughts, ideating a little bit. And yeah, we all have to like, create that safe space, right? To test some boundaries. <laughs> <laughs>